just, um, I'm going to waffle through a few things. It's a little bit, it's a little bit different this morning. I felt particularly clearly that the Lord wanted us just to spend time in his presence. We'll look at a few scriptures, but I, I just feel he wants to underline to each and every one of us this morning that he is here always. Therefore, we have to adjust our expectation of walking with him. Just like I'm holding Nathan by the hand in this very cool youth way, you know, that I am holding the hand of the almighty God moment by moment, and so can you. Not at all embarrassing, is it? No. Thanks, man. This is what, this is what he wants to become real for each and every one of us. It's not, it's not that the Lord God comes and visits with us for 45 minutes on a Sunday morning while we worship, but he has set up home in our hearts. He, he is here to stay. It is habitation, not visitation. And it's so easy to drop back into that mindset. Now, it's true that the God who is everywhere loves to show up somewhere. And there will be moments which will be much more intense where we are like blown away. Or where we, we just know that we know that we know that he is speaking right now. But he wants us to live with that same confidence that he ain't going anywhere. At the end of the day, or when we shift our focus onto something else, he does not withdraw. He does not walk away. He does not require us then to go through a long, drawn-out performance to get him back again. He has moved in. He has moved into our lives. And he is here to stay. He is here to set up habitation with us. Jesus said to his disciples in um, Acts 1 verse 4, he said to them, now this is just after he commissioned them. Um, by the way, Steve, can I switch microphones? Is that all right? No, he says. I have to turn it on. I have to turn it on. That's it. So he said to his disciples, this is just, just after he commissioned them, and he said, go, tell the whole world, make disciples of nations. He then said to them, do not leave Jerusalem until you have received the promise of the Father, until you have been clothed with power from on high. He's saying, go, but don't you dare go without what I have intended for you to walk in. His intention is for every single one of us to walk with our hand in his hand, with, with his presence in our hearts, with that unchanging, unrelenting sense of his glorious presence closer than the skin that we live in, so that when we have a meeting at work or we have a conversation with our kids or we, whatever it is we do, that it's not just, it's not just me, it's, it's the Lord, the Lord of Lords in me, through me, part of me, resting upon me and, you know, all of that intimate glory. He's come to stay. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. It's not, I will come and visit. I've mentioned that. It's, I will come and make my home. When Jesus was baptized, John chapter 1, I think around about verse 33, 
we, we see that the Spirit of God comes down on Jesus as he comes out of the water, and, the, and John's gospel says, and rested. That word is exactly the same as the word in John 14. He made his home. It's like the dove built a nest on Jesus' shoulder. and wasn't going anywhere. And it was that place of abiding from which Jesus then began his earthly ministry. It was that moment when the Spirit took up residence that transitioned Jesus from being carpenter's son to being on his mission as Messiah. And for us, corporately, individually, it's that residence of the Spirit in our lives that enables us to be more than whatever your job title is, but to be son of God, daughter of God, ambassador for the King of Kings, Presence carrier, dispensing healing and blessing, fullness, joy, hope, all of the things of the kingdom. It comes from that residing of the Spirit. And that's, that's his intention for us. I, I want us to make sure that we're, we're getting hold of the invitation. It's not, it's not just a one-off moment, momentary thing. It's always all the time. This is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy in the Old Testament. This, this echoes right back to the Garden of Eden, Genesis uh, chapter, chapter something. It's in Genesis. Um, where God walks with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And the expectation is conversation, communication. You know, when you, when you talk with the Lord, is it, oh dear Lord, would you please? All the time. Or is it, Hey, wow, that's incredible. Hey, have you seen? Do you know what happened to me today? What, what do you think about? You know, it's, it's conversation. It's engaging relationally with the God who speaks a word and galaxies are born. And yet he's interested to walk with you in the cool of the day. It's particularly cool these days, isn't it? But he wants to walk with you. He wants to sit in the car next to you. He wants to sit in the, on the corner of your office desk and chat with you about the work you have to do, about the people in your office space. He wants to be intimately involved with each and every one of our lives. The promise is to see the fulfillment of that original design poured out on all flesh. You've probably read it by now. The promise is, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on, even on servants, men and women alike. Basically, this is the catch-all. Men, women, completely equal in the eyes of God. I will pour my spirit out on men and women. Young and old, completely equal in the eyes of God. I will pour out my spirit on the young. I will pour out my spirit on the old. It's the same spirit, have the same level of expectation. I've been challenged this week by the lives of Joshua and Caleb, who in their 80s, I think around about 80 years of age, came to the point where they were to inherit the land, and they still had that same spirit of, yes, come on. So if you're 60, 70, 80, 90, or 100, or whatever it might be, the invitation is have the same expectation of faith lived out in your life because the same spirit lives in you now that lived in you when you were reckless. 
I don't want to look back and say, oh yeah, 30 years ago, I was really reckless for God. I really had faith then. I want, I want to have faith now, just as fiery, just as full throttle. Kids, young people, teenagers, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until you're 30, 40, 60. You don't have to wait to minister. I was walking around with one of our young people. Oh, it's amazing. Walking, walking around the room this morning with one of our young people, and she was just saying, yeah, God's, God's sitting on this person. God's got a picture for this one. I explained it to them. You know, we, taught, we worked together, and that this, is, this is our young Joel army that uh, was prophesied over this church. We are seeing a young generation who are stepping into their identity as ministers of God today, and we want that. We don't want you guys and girls to wait until you're my age. That's really old, you know. <laughs> today, all of us, the whole all mix of generations, whether you are slave or free, whether you are bound up in stuff or whether you are experiencing real freedom. God doesn't look at people who are bound up and say, well, once you get free, then I'll pour out my spirit. No, he says, I will pour out my spirit even when you're broken, even when you're messed up, even when you're carrying stuff that I don't want for you. He wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh at all times, at all times. That's what is to set us apart. You know, when we get to Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost, that, that so happened to be a moment where Israel were celebrating their identity as God's people. And it was all linked into, well, that was the, this is the time of year when Moses went up Mount Sinai and he got the law and then he came back down and he told us the law and that has given us our identity. And what was happening in God's great wisdom in that moment on the day of Pentecost, he was saying, now it's a new definition that I'm bringing to you. Because like Moses, Jesus has gone up. He has resurrected, he has taken his place in heaven and now he is pouring down, not the law, but he's pouring the spirit out. And that is what is to define my people. You corporately are to be a people who carry Holy Spirit. As Moses said way back in uh, Exodus 33, if, you're, if your presence does not go with me, what else will set me apart from the rest of the nations on the earth? God never changes his plan. It's always the same. His presence is to define us. Define us. And there is no hurdle, no barrier. I want, us to, I want us to be engaging with Holy Spirit and inviting him to be doing a mighty work in us and kind of transitioning us. I'm, I'm seeing this as a, as a step change for us corporately that actually our expectation as a whole body from this point forward will be, I live with Holy Spirit. I live empowered by Holy Spirit. I live baptized, filled, choose your language, whatever it is. I live completely overwhelmed with Holy Spirit and with full expectation of his power. Because another great moment in Jesus' life, John 7, he stood up at the last day of a great feast. This was another one of these moments in Israel's history that has huge significance in our uh, New Testament world. 
In this, in this festival, every day the high priest would take a big jug type thing and go out of the temple and walk down the steep hill and get to a pool and he'd fill this big jug full of water and he'd carry it back up and the people would follow him and they'd be singing psalms and he'd get to the top of the, of the hill and he'd pour out the water representing the living water that came from the rock in the wilderness. And every day for seven days, the people would follow the priest and they go down the hill and it's hot and it's sticky and they get the jug of water and they bring it back up the hill. And on the seventh day, they do it seven times. So imagine how it feels. And imagine each, each time this big jug is poured out, the water begins to flow. And the water of the spirit of life is flowing from the eastern door of the temple. Do we see Ezekiel's river represented here and the flow begins to increase after every outpouring, after every outpouring. And at the end of that day, as people are hot and sweaty and very, very tired, Jesus stands up and in a loud voice he says, if any of you are thirsty, come to me and drink. The whole nation is thirsty. They've just been climbing a mountain seven times. He says, if you're thirsty, doesn't matter who you are, if you are thirsty, come to me. Really simple. If you're thirsty, just come. No other qualification. Nothing else stands in the way. Now, interestingly, on that day, if you'd run up to Jesus and said, okay, I want it, he'd say, well, hang on a minute. The reason is, here in verse 39, when he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but... The Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. What was the precondition? Jesus had to be in his glory to pour out the Holy Spirit. Now, I look back at my life and I think there's many times when I've said, well, the Holy Spirit's not poured out in me because I'm not good enough. Holy Spirit's not poured out on me because I've been a bad boy this week. Holy Spirit's not poured out on me because I'm basically grumpy. The Holy Spirit has not been poured out on me because. What are you, what's your excuses? But the Holy Spirit is, was only withheld because Jesus had not entered his glory. Has Jesus entered his glory? Yes. yes. He has risen from the dead, ascended into heaven. He is seated in glory inexpressible. There is nothing to stop him being poured out on all flesh. Men, women, children, old people, young people, slave, free, the whole shebang. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Well, then come. It's really simple. So just as we... As we finish things off this morning. I just want to invite you, if you can, stand. It just helps us to focus, I think. And I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come. I just want to invite Holy Spirit to flood our hearts experientially with his presence that we will know that we have been encountered by the Spirit of the living God. So if the rest, if we could all just make sure that we're not causing distractions and staying reasonably in our seats if we can. That'd be great. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and quench our thirst. Right now. Right now. Increase your presence. Baptize us again in your power. Baptize us afresh 
in your glory. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Increase amongst us. We are hungry for your presence. We are grateful for your presence. Fall upon us. Burn a fire in our hearts today, today, that will transform us, that will set us free, that will make us alive in a whole new way to the things of your kingdom. Holy Spirit of God, fall in this room. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. It would be good just to begin to ask him yourselves. I don't need to hear your voices, but just begin to move your lips and invite the Spirit of God to come. Just tell him you're hungry. Tell him you're thirsty. Tell him you want more of him. Holy Spirit, come. Fill heart after heart after heart. Overwhelm us with your presence. Give us confidence of your goodness. Show us your glory. Let us walk out of here transformed. Let us walk out of here burning with love for you, burning with a passion to see your kingdom come and your will done. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Break out. We're not going to rush. Stay focused on what he's doing in your body. You may just be sensing joy, lightness, that's fine. Increase your presence, Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Lord, you're here. There's such a peace. There's such a peace in this room. Just looking for where, from where I am, I can see the Spirit of God resting all around this place, individual after individual. I just see so much peace. You know this world around us would pay a huge price for peace. Come, Father. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. 